Welcome everybody to another episode of Be Fearless Podcast. I just excited to be back. Uh, it's been a quite um, quite a few weeks for myself, but I will talk to you and tell you all about it on a different video. So today, you guys, number one, I want to say thank you to France, Mexico, um, Tanzania, and what was the other? Oh, United Kingdom for showing up on the feed and being rocking those episodes on every audio platform so thank you so much for your support and don't forget to subscribe if you have not subscribed to a podcast on the other version to do so um during this episode or later on when you have like a minute anyway today our guest is a distinguished leadership and sales coach Focus on personal development and professional growth. Levering, leveraging his 20-year career as a Air Force veteran and explosive ordnance disposal team leader, he inspires individuals to unleash their full potential. So you guess why he's here. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome the one and only Ken Lewis. Welcome, Ken. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on your, your show. Welcome. So excited to have you here. Uh, today, I, I am so excited to have you because I've been looking to bring the audience some topics about uh, Leadership Grow and how that helps you in every aspect from the personal to professional development. Um, but before we start, let's let our audience know a little bit about you. Who is who was Ken Lewis growing up and what was his dream? Oh, my. Growing up, I'm not sure I really had the right dream in mind. I think I, I grew up as a military brat. Both my parents were in the Army, and I kind of vowed to never join the military. And <laughs> shortly after high school, I was like, I'm going nowhere. So let me go ahead and, and renege on that and decided to join the Air Force because as most Army parents say, if you're going to join any service, join the Air Force. Join the Air Force. Route, right? <laughs> so uh, went down that route, you know, and oddly enough, I was like, you know, I'm going to come in. I'm going to be a law enforcement. I wanted to be a military police. I kind of had that envisioned for a little while. And I came in through a process called Open General through the Air Force, but I didn't come in with a selected career path identified. I kind of took a lottery, as you can say. Mm -hmm. And in that lottery, I became a pharmacy technician and did that for the first seven years of my Air Force career, transitioned to a bomb squad or explosive ordnance disposal, and retired out of the Air Force in September 2020. And that's when kind of a lot more uh, changes kind of occurred in what I ended up deciding to do with my life. Had a corporate job for a little while, mm -hmm. still was missing a sense of identity, sense of purpose. And through my own professional development journey, I, I kind of rediscovered my passion for helping others and decided to go all in on, on kind of that. I love that. Right there. I love that. I also retired in the in the middle of 2020. I, I recall it was like March. Oh. I, I, I retired on 2020, uh, oh. June, June, June of 2020. So it was a rough time to transition. Yeah, it, it, it was, was. Uh, everything I had lined up or thought I was going to do for a job got really difficult. COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, obviously we know the impact it had on the world, but you know, the, the additional stresses of leaving service to go into career fields that nobody knew what to do or how exactly. to hire or 
I mean, it was just, it, it was rocky. In it fact, was intense mm. for sure. <laughs> no, that, that, yes. And I think I might even be putting it lightly, but ha yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, but talking about intense, you just mentioned that your last MYS or the last thing that you did was working with explosive. That's definitely intense. How was that experience within the military before we actually kind of like jump into coaching? <laughs> yeah. I, I enjoyed it. It was, I'll start back, you know, came in pharmacy in the beginning and ended up retraining into, I went from a cozy type job, career field into uh, a not so cozy one. And I think the theme there that I picked on even after military service was that self-identity crisis or, or what have you. There was a war going on. 9-11 was still active. I joined for 9-11 and I wanted to contribute. And I, again, I feel like I was kind of not doing my part by staying back at stateside bases, working in a, in a clinic. And I was like, you know what, who has a, who has a big impact other than those actually taking out the roadside bombs? So I started asking questions, went into it. And in the beginning, just terrifying. Like the first time I held, you know, C4, like this thing, you know, this explosive is going on. And then, you know, after a few years of, of understanding and respecting my environment, I go come home from a mission. It's like, oh, there's C4 in my pocket. <laughs> there's little remnants hanging out. So you start to really... The training and with anything in life, I think the training is what gains that confidence. You start doing these repetitive actions and you just understand the environment, what you're playing with, what you're doing and the why behind it. And ultimately also what I'm a big fan of is the teamwork, knowing that you're not hitting these things alone. And the team helped me understand my job, but then also keep each other alive. So this is another factor of yeah. I need to make sure that I'm doing my part, whatever I can, because I don't want to have that moment conscious. Like I, they, they deserve to have the best that I can put forward and vice versa. So I think the mindset was great because it put me in all a whole bunch of unknowns that I never in my life would have thought I would go down that lane. Mm -hmm. that something that I would ever do to go play with explosives, wear a bomb suit or anything like that. But it ended up being my tribe. Once I got in there, the, my, first few years in the military, I butt heads a lot. It, I was not, I, I think it was just a personality conflict. And then transitioning over into explosive ordnance disposal, the, the mentality is a personality. I mean, it just, it seemed like this is where I belonged and now I just needed to earn my keep. Right. So it was, it was a great experience and all the challenges were, were a blessing. But, guys. but those experiences definitely form you into what you're doing today, which is a personal and professional leadership coach. And that is an amazing thing. And I am I'm a, a, actually a big proponent of self-development, like in uh, coaching, like I, that's my jam. Like, I love it. <laughs> like if I, I, I want to, you know, getting every single program and do all the things that I truly believe in it. I, I mean, it's a powerful tool. Um, let's start with personal uh development because a lot of people don't see the value on that and it's, it's definitely one of the greatest tools out there to grow not only as a person but also um help you find yourself in within your job society and everything that you do tell us about professional i mean personal development it, it does i think we take for granted all the situations that kind of impact us on a daily uh scenario and how do you react? There is a, a quote by Jack Canfield who talks about how much control do you really have, right? The, the ownership or accountability. So you have an event and then you have the outcome. And then really the only thing that we can do is our response. 
So if there's an outcome that is going on in your life right now and you do not appreciate that outcome or you want something to be different about the outcome, you might not necessarily be changed the external event that's happening, but your response, your attitudes, your beliefs, your thoughts, how you handle it, what are your, you know, everything going into that event is going to ultimately change that outcome. So in a personal scenario, is there something that when you are looking back, that, man, I really wish this was easier or this was better, or I'm not really meeting the mark, or there's some type of next level you're trying to get to, but not sure where to start. And one of the areas that we have to be cautious of when we're experimenting with, you know, what development lane is being clear on that path you want to take, but then having the ability to be vulnerable with the growth mindset to understand that there are many ways to approach these paths. Just find the one that's going to relate to you with your tribe that resonates and you can act upon. I think that's the key there is, are you going to find advice that resonates with you, speaks to your values and everything that you hold important and you're willing to act? Not, not just willing, willing is because sometimes there's things we have to do. You might not be initially willing, but you still need to do it. But can you see like, yes, I am, I can do that. And by developing these plans or kind of approaching these angles, you have to set the goals and these visions that will reach into potential you didn't know. So if you are setting small goals or have a, a different mindset, then you're not really going to tap into your full potential. And you never know what you can you know, achieve just by expanding that mindset. So it really, it really is like, analyze the outcomes that are going in your life. And what about those outcomes? Would you want to change? And if you don't have the tools yet to, to change that outcome, then that's when you start going to path with what tools, what influences, what books, materials, coach, mentors do I need to influence a different outcome? I love that. And how have you seen your, your clients, um, kind of attaching that or developing in that personal way that um, actually leads them to say, okay, let's move forward to the professional development. How uh, how how you see that transformation? There's a, a huge connection between the two because uh, even, you know, I think that's what got me on my own journey was a self-identity issue. What is my purpose? What hat am I wearing? What is my role? And once I'm comfortable in my own skin and realize like, oh yeah, I can do this at home, then we start looking at hey, what are your bigger goals? Because a lot of the goals that we have in life usually have a financial aspect to it. Mm -hmm. They have some type of uh, external influence that we need to achieve. And in order to do that, it does require that additional steps on the professional development. But those two worlds blend really well. So if I speak about on leadership, there's, okay, you can be a leader at home, how you manage your family, how you interact as a group, that's a team. I mean, there's the vernacular changes, but the organization, the construct is still there. Yes. And then the only thing that changes when you're at work is a level of responsibility that you have either, either been given, chosen to accept or what, so, or, or so forth. Some people appreciate just staying right where they are and like, I'm going to, I'm comfortable here. I like it. I don't have any desires to be the next CEO. Okay, great. And you know, as long as we're coming up with a plan and you can, that's where in your, that's going down the journey you choose. But if you know that you want more, something's going to have to change and let's see what we can do to make you integrate. And it could be something as simple there was a client that I helped prepare him for a promotional interview. And a lot of it was just a self-awareness. A lot of things he was criticizing himself on when it was a communication thing. He has a specific method that he prefers to communicate. And by not being aware of that was using that same persona on others, which receive information differently. And he was criticizing his leadership. He was worried about, can he be influential and what kind of uh, impact will he make? When I was like, your mind, like everything you're doing is right. Your passion is there. We just need you to slow down and disconnect and not be so attached to how you do it, but more about 
how are you delivering delivering the value that you want to do it and are you doing it to where it resonates and uh it, that again that that bleeds into home because people make these decisions in their own home they, they decide to do so many things that can alter the life if you have a child you're, you're responsible for a life so you're making these choices every day on how do you take care of this life i mean that's leadership you're, mm -hmm. you're guiding this being into somebody that can hopefully make a positive impact in how you see fit right in your eyes so that's leadership on a on a small scale within your home versus with a whole team or you know management uh, position or something of the sort so they there's a lot they can easily transition once they realize i'm comfortable in my own skin and now i want to do more because i believe i can do more i know i can do more yeah i love that you use that example because leadership it's basically everywhere. We use it every day. We just don't know, don't notice it, right? Um, how have you seen is, or, or what do you have seen is the biggest obstacles your clients um, encounter when they try to kind of like connect both thoughts, the personal and the professional development, and see the leadership equally from one plane to the other? You, I would believe the, the theme would be the, level of commitment, perhaps. Uh, for example, there's a lot more energy, from my experience, people put into their work persona than mm -hmm. they do in their home persona. So if they're at work, they're developing and trying to be this excellent new boss, new leader, new team player, and so forth like that. And then when they get home, they're exhausted and they're forgetting to be that great spouse or that great you know parent or whoever that is, the partner. When you go home, what is your situation there? So realizing that, yes, you deserve the time to uh, I don't know, build yourself back up, right? Rest and, and so forth. But don't forget everything you're learning. And I know I was a victim of this a lot. And there's still traits where I'm like, why do I spend? And for just reasons, you spend decision. A lot of people spend significant amount of time at work, 40 hours, yeah. more than you do at home. So <laughs> people are invested in that image and that relationship and so forth. But your relationships at home are equally as important. So trying to remember that what you do learn in your professional development side, how can you also apply that in your home life? So that way your family is not being given the short end of the stick, so to say that, yes, yes these there's room for both areas to excel and to grow. So that that's the biggest uh, obstacle you see, you see on your clients or um, is there anything else that they come up like, you know, maybe the insecurities they're, they're um, uh how to call it the imposter syndrome mm -hmm. you know i don't believe for that i can be a leader not only at home but at work like how what are the things that have you noticed that has served as an obstacle and i guess that my next question attached to that will be how, what things have you have you worked with them in order to help them realize that they're capable to doing all the things imposter syndrome is very real it is something when people get the understanding. So if I'm coaching, like, yes, you can do this and you know, try to remind them about the values that they like, what are your strengths? How do you add value and really harness those strengths? Are you using those to the best of your ability? And are you presenting yourself in a way that is going to add the impact that you want? Now, the I would say the ambiguity, the unknown, the fear of the unknown might be the biggest trait because they're trying to prepare. Uh, speaking to someone that wants to know how can I do this, but if I go in there, what if they say this and say that? Well, we can't control. So you have to be able to relinquish some of that control in those areas where we have no control and not really understanding that all you can control is your own behaviors and actions and how you enter into that scene. And once you 
kind of get comfortable with that idea, then let's train yourself, train how you're going to respond and react. It would be no different than in the bomb squad, where if I go into a situation and things, uh, let's say I'm in an environment where there's explosives involved and I go in there and not really knowing the plan or how to approach it, I might, my stress level is going to go through the roof. I might respond. I might, you know, get flustered. All the stress indicators that happen in my mind, my thinking won't be clear. I could put people at risk in that danger. But then that slowly chips away because we train, we practice, we do it over and over again. We critique ourselves. We get feedback. What can I do differently? What can I do? What went well? What can I improve upon? And by being involved, so this goes back to the awareness piece, knowing that um, what things are you doing great to keep doing it and what can you improve upon helps you gain that confidence that I don't need to control every factor. I can't control everything inside that dangerous device, but I can control how I respond and then come up with a plan of how I approach it. Same thing with your, your development when you start looking at the two. Understand what you can control, kind of let go of that fear of the unknown, know that it exists, acknowledge it, but then let's develop a plan and take an action, no matter how small that first step is, but take that step so that way we can start getting you down the path to show you that this is a very real an achievable goal that you have in mind so that would be my thing biggest obstacle would be the fear of the unknown or that 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 ambiguity that they just don't know how to control and and how how people can overcome that like because there sometimes fear can paralyze you you know not in not only physically but in every single way mentally spiritually like it just like can stop you on, on every track in your life what will be like the number one thing that that you will say can help anyone out there right now to to overcome that fear? And I think it would be important to kind of uh, say where where is the fear originating from? So I know that for PTSD, I went through my counseling, and so that's a different type of fear that coaching is not appropriate for. So as mm -hmm. somebody that is trying to go down a personal professional development, recognize that there are some fears that might you might not have the tools yourself to do and you might need a different community to support and get over those those fears and and i think a lot that i learned in that process has transferred over to what i do now just as a professional development i guess you could say uh guru or expert that those same tactics i had to introduce myself into situations that was causing me to believe certain things that was just in my head but it wasn't a reality there's a, a story about that uh, can't remember who actually presented this quote, but it's, if a cat jumps on an oven that's hot, it'll jump off immediately, right? Like that's it. But then that same cat will never get on the oven again or jump on the top of the stove. So now imagine if you were fear of something because so you had a bad experience one time, you went into a situation and it was a bad experience one time, and then you decide that I'm never going to do the same thing ever and ever again. What are the opportunities that are going to exist because of this? this internal belief system that is making you think that every time I enter into this, it's going to be a repeat event. And I, I don't know what doors I'm closing exactly. until you kind of give yourself, allow yourself that opportunity to be vulnerable to, to know like, okay, I, this is, this is what I'm going to take one step in. I'm going to go one step further, another step further and keep doing it to where eventually the idea is you will realize that, okay, these were false beliefs that were in my head and I've proven them wrong. I'm going to prove the next thing wrong and continue to take these steps forward. So it's really about, kind of in a in a way that is guiding and not really belittling showing them that hey you can do better like these these fears are something we can overcome and bravery only happens with the existence of fears and it is a natural event it's a natural occurrence but you have to we have to find a way to overcome them or you're never gonna like what is your why 
that's another thing always coming back to what is in it like right now one of my biggest missions is that i want to be able to provide all the resources and opportunities for my kids to follow and chase their dreams i have a kid that wants to be an astronaut another one that wants to be a doctor it could change next year i don't know but if i allow fear to prevent me from taking some steps that i need to do i'm not going to be able to fulfill my obligation that i created for myself i can't hold myself to my own commitment because fear is now getting in the way of my mission which is to create this awesome life for my this legacy i want to build for my kids so if you can establish that that why again start with the why right what is it you're doing this for anyway why like why are we talking what are we you came to me for a reason and why okay well, these are the steps we got to do to to reinforce how you're going to get there and fear is just another obstacle that is going to prevent you so if you're not committed to your why if your commitment is low then maybe the why is wrong maybe the target that we're aiming is not the correct one and we need to go back to the drawing board and figure it out what it is that way we can get you reattached to that vision and where are we taking you and it's going to be a rocky road but we're going to take it together yeah and i think that um i love that you mentioned Start with why, right? Why, why? And, and repeat that question, why? Because we always come back to that why. At some point, even when you achieve your goal, you're always uh, going to say why. Why should I could, you know, continue? Why should I, you know, keep moving forward? Why should I take this to the next level? Um, so the, the question why is never off the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that you mentioned that because a lot of people say, okay, I, I found my why, I already have my answer, I did what I needed to do, and that's it. And then they stop right there when yeah. they could continue. <laughs> How do you keep motivating yeah. people um, to continue moving forward with their why? I, I'll use a story for this one, and it might be one you're familiar with as well, transitioning out of the military and what kind of you know rocky transition that could be. But back then my why was really attached to my EUD team. Like everything I was doing is because I wanted to save lives. I wanted to make sure like with the role that I was in at that time that I can make sure my guys were trained, equipped, and they, they had the resources they needed to do their job and, and get them home to their families. And I like, that was it. That's what I wanted to do and make sure that, it, that I was going to do everything possible to make that happen. When I transitioned out of the military, it fought lost. My why was gone. It was stripped. It was taken from me. Right. At least that's how I felt at the time. And that was because my identity was so attached to my role as an Air Force Explosive Ordnance Disposal Team Leader. And it really got to the dark point where, you know, I, I lost my why. I lost this purpose. And I thought that I had my purpose needed to be this some grand schema or, you know, how, this huge impact. But at that point in time, it, through this rocky road, that's when I ended up making these transitions about my why is not my family. And it didn't come to that easily, but it was, what, okay, we do, we can reset. Your purposes, your whys can change and it's absolutely okay. It doesn't need to be, I'm going to be the, uh, maybe not in the beginning, right? This is the impact that I have. Maybe, maybe the impact, maybe we need to dial it down to something that's more in the near future that you can just reattach to, like, latch on to this again, get the get the wheels moving. Let's get you motivated and get you back into the now. Uh, when I was first coming out of the military, I still wanted to make big impact. I wanted to still help troops and, and do what I could, but I just wasn't properly equipped, or at least I didn't feel like I was in positioned to do the things that were in my head. And it, I mean, it got to the point where I was debating the suicide. And if it wasn't for the fact of making this list in my head, and I mean, maybe it's not, it's not an exercise I would recommend on how to discover your why. But as I went down this, uh, I was thinking of all the reasons of why, you know, things that were important to me. Well, that's not enough to make me stay. Nope. No. And then finally it came down to the kids. And that's when I teared up. And I was like, there it is. Like, there's my why. If it needs a change, 
then I'll change it. And it's grow. It grows. I don't, you know, it's not scaling back. But I think that's the thing is to know that there are going to be these moments, these, these transformations in your life, these pivotal events where you don't have to be so attached to what was once your purpose that, you know, give yourself the permission to reflect, do the exercise, not the one I did, but a, an exercise that allows you to really say what is important to me today. And one of the exercises I use this a lot with a lot of veterans now that are transitioning because I've never done it when I was in the military. Like, what are my top three to five values? What, how do I make my decisions? What modifies? And if we can get on that and I can see how, what's influencing your behaviors and what do you find is important in your day to day and then attach that to, because that influences a lot of the choices that you make. Are you going to go down this path? Well, that doesn't really, that goes against, like you're going to be struggling because it goes against what you just said you believe in. Like you're, you're going to be wearing a mask, which sometimes we have to do, but for mm -hmm. how long? So it, it, I think it's a combination of an exercise to let them know that it is okay. I, and I share the story in that same manner that these moments do happen. It is okay. It's not the end of the road. You can transition, but we just got to make sure we pause and find out what that new why is, if it's changed or adjust however necessary. I love that. Well, Ken, uh, before we finish, we have like five minutes left on this interview. Yeah. And, I, and I, I truly appreciate you sharing your, your experience, your wisdom, your story with my audience. What do you think is the top three things that anybody listening to you right now can start doing today in order to move forward with their personal and professional development? Sure. Well, number one, is obviously books. Read a lot. Gain all the information that you can. And if you're not a reader, then do audiobooks. And if you don't have time for audiobooks, there's an app that I use called Blinkist, which can give you like 15-minute audio blurbs of a book. But soak in all the perspectives that you can and be open. So the second part would be maintain the open-minded, which is one of my values. Know that there are many ways to approach a situation. And just because you hear an idea or a perspective, you don't have to lock into that one. Analyze it, take in the facts, and then make a decision. So make sure that you are soaking in as much knowledge as you can remain, get, just kind of be open-minded and then really reconnect with your values. It would be going down to what is driving everything in your life. And if you are, are clear on that, the, how you approach your own personal brand, what is, what is holding you to this place on earth? And if you kind of align those and that, that is a self-awareness exercise and it's, it just, that is intense. If you actually go through a personal branding exercise that will, May help you make so many more choices of what to say yes and what to say no to. Mm -hmm. So maybe I would, maybe that should have been number one is find a personal brand exercise, ask those questions that go along in there because learning what to say no to is equal as important as what to say yes to. Uh, but then making sure you're just gaining all the books you can, all the, all the information you can to find different approaches and be willing to fail while you attempt to try. Like innovation's huge. If, you, if it fails, cool, go back to your lessons learned. This worked well, this didn't work well and go on to the next one. Don't, don't beat yourself up over it. I love it. Thank you. Um, one more thing. How, how, what, what is the biggest or the most um, hot program that you have offer on your coaching? Tell us about that. Right now, I, I help a lot of business, a lot of veteran entrepreneurs really with the marketing and sales workshops. So I do the coaching and then also lead into a workshop, but really the processes coming out of the military, I didn't know my sales skills or I didn't know the presentation skills I had could translate into sales. Mm -hmm. So that is a big one that I help is to use these different methods to establish a sales system and the marketing techniques that you need to be successful in your business. But then I also incorporate, depending on where they're at, the leadership training when when appropriate, right? So uh, 
that is the biggest one right now is really helping veterans with their sales strategies. And then as we go down that journey, leadership and communication usually unfolds itself as well. Fantastic. And where people can connect with you? The best place is my website at KenLLewis.com. That's L-E-W-I-S. And then also on my LinkedIn platform, I'm more active on that at uh, KenLLewis2 because I am the second. I go to Europe and somebody said, you sound like royalty. <laughs> my name is so long. It's like, I wish. But... <laughs> You heard him. You can connect with him. And uh, oh, my God, I swear I turned this off. I don't know why I keep getting these notices. I don't see <laughs> so my, 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 my apologies for the sound. But um, it, you can connect with Ken in LinkedIn. Ken L. Lewis, too, because he's the second. OK, he's the second. <laughs> um so uh, honestly, um, Ken, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing your story, your passion, what you do, uh, giving us uh, so much wisdom. And um, I truly appreciate everything that you do for our veterans. As a veteran myself, thank you so much for, you know, putting, still serving our country and um, in, in especially our brothers and sisters in arms um, after, you know, um, they retired and they're trying to find that way to continue with their lives. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for what, everything that you do. Thank you for creating this platform and, you know, really trying to encourage others to be better versions of themselves. So, and, and giving entrepreneurs an opportunity to share their message to, we all are in here for the same mission, right? To help exactly. improve and be better. <laughs> so thank you. And thank you for your service as well. It's been a pleasure spending some time with you this morning. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you don't forget to go into the description and connect all his platforms um, so in social media. Links are there. Um, make sure that you reach out to Ken with any questions. In the meantime, all I have to say is thank you for your support. Thank you for listening and sharing my content. And don't forget to unlock your potential and be fearless. Until the next one, bye-bye.